Hola, hola. Hola, señor. Hola, Cirilito. ¿Cómo estás, brother? Bien, Julito. Qué gusto. Oye, ¿dónde estás? ¿Que ¿Estás en una viña o qué? En el wine country. <risa> Living the life. Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called I Really Want to Do This. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective, maybe you call it a dream? of doing this one thing. You really want to do that one thing, whatever it may be, but for some reason, you never succeeded in making it actually happen. Well, by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it, I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start, how to proceed, in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Okay, serio, so, vamos, vamos. Vamos ahí. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is <laughs> uh, okay, let me just <sighs> uh, I'm sweating. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And I'm not in Mexico. <laughs> oh my okay. god. This is serious. Yeah. Serious moments. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Cyril. And today we have an amazing guest. Uh, his name is Julio. He's on the line with us, and we're so lucky. How are you? Mi amigo good. Julio, Julio. How are you? Good? Very good, brother. <laughs> Muy bien. ¿Y tú? De puta madre, pero... <laughs> No sé si se puede decir. Ay, joder, si se puede decir. Muy bien, muy bien. Thank you very much, uh, Cyril, for uh, inviting me to your podcast and just talk about my story and maybe, uh, you know, yes. maybe inspire somebody else. Oh, can't wait. Uh, I'm really lucky that um, I've got people from all different nationalities on the podcast. So tell me, tell me where, were you, where were you born and, and where are you now? I was born in Ecuador, uh, South America, third world country. It was, um, you know, it's uh, still a poor country and mismanaged uh, government-wise. Uh, so there's a lot of corruption and so forth. But I grew up uh, happy. I grew up happy in a, a nice family. We didn't have uh, a lot of money, but we didn't have any needs either. So we were right. happy. My dad was in the military. He was, uh, he retired as a lieutenant colonel uh, from the army. 
my mom was stay-at-home mom and took care of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, honestly, without money, but like a little rich kid. Tell me more. What, ex- is, what does that explain mean? That. Yeah. The, the military provided uh, accommodations, so a place to live, uh, food. So we didn't have any need there. Uh, they actually bake fresh bread every single day at the uh, base. So I go there and grab the food for lunch and I grab bread freshly baked. And I, I remember it was sugar bread and uh, they made me wait for a little bit and they give me the first one that comes so warm. And I remember nice. the sugar and I'm like, enjoy that and bring 10 sugar and 10 uh, salty uh, bread. And um, I was, my dad was in the equestrian division. So were competitions, international competitions. He was national champion of, Ecuador jumping horses and these for uh, horses. horses yeah so he was in the army and the horse riding side of it well it was a division from the army that was about horses now you don't fight a war with horses anymore right but he was yeah. in the question division and so he competed he was national champion jumping horse I had two horses assigned to me and they were always ready I never cleaned them I ne- never did anything I was like a rich kid wow. in that sense you know, if you want to do a question here in the United States, you know, it costs a fortune just to keep up with the horses and imagine all yeah. the saddles, the equipment, everything. I had it all. So nice, um, happy, healthy upbringing. And then... Um, no stress? Like, you, did you go well, to school? Like the school well, of the I, army? Or? This is uh, something that has um, marked me and literally marked me. So I was born with a cliff lip. Yeah. I don't know if you notice here, but I, he has mm-hmm. several surgeries. So when I was a little baby, first of all, if you have this condition when you're born in Latin America and South America, you, you are not set for successful uh, life. They mm-hmm. basically hide you. They put you in a room. They're ashamed. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of money, so they can get surgeries and so forth. I was lucky that um, I was in the army and they provided surgeries. So I had like four or five surgeries uh, that I can speak without having uh, to hide my face or to feel ashamed of it. How old were you when you noticed this? So I was born with this condition, but I think uh, my fourth surgery was around when I was um, maybe eight. And then Mm -hmm. I had another one when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and I haven't had any other. I could have another one. But my life is good. I, I don't need to yeah. to worry, concern about that. But it was at school. <laughs> people is mean, and at school oh, they yeah. were te- they tease me, they make jokes about me, and and it wasn't fun until I developed my confidence level and you know build some respect too. How did you react to that, and in what way? Like, did you? Uh, <clears throat> I was in. Uh, I have anger. You know, I had, I, I was angry about how people will treat somebody different. Um, mm. They made me feel different and mm. I wasn't different. I was actually better. And mm. mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that I had a condition and I have to fight it and then be at the same level field than everybody else. And so I had to fight a little more and literally fight. <laughs> I was, uh, I was getting my respect and fighting to these kids that were mean to me and uh, I will fight with anybody that will really? look me in a different way. 
And it was a trauma. It's a trauma that I, I grew up with. And so I, I was sort of a street fighter. And it wasn't a gang member or stealing stuff or killing anybody. No, I, I was just uh, fighting. I was mm-hmm. fighting this feeling and mm-hmm. gaining some respect out of uh, school. So it, it was, I didn't realize then, now that you know, I have some counseling and stuff uh, regarding my marriage and so forth, I learned that th- that's a wound, a wound that I have that I, I developed uh, yeah, and really early. Mature, but it was it was there and I didn't realize. So, yeah, I will fight anybody. So but did you, you feel like it was it was unfair and then you were just going, I want to prove them or, or yeah, just, just I, anger? I, I, just basically, unfair you to... that they treat me wrong, that they treat me with disrespect or make jokes about me and make me feel bad. I saw actually that with other kids, maybe they were, they used glasses on the, or they were fat or they were ugly in their mind, in their eyes. And they were mean with them. And I always defend everybody else, you know, girls that were mistreated, these boys, just because they have, they look different and they were treated wrong. I will defend them. And I was the hero of, of a lot of people in, in regards of, defended their rights and not allowing people to uh, make fun of it and to me too so I, I fought half of my grade um and gained respect i remember fourth grade i i fought you know with your fist fight um mm-hmm. almost half of the class until i re- you know they they learned that i can't make jokes about me or my condition or anything like that and then i developed friendships out of that it, actually the, the best fighter was alvaro hernandez and he's my you're a good friend to this day. Uh, after really? That we, mm-hmm, yes. And so that was when you're outside of your home. How did it? How did you feel in your home? Your parents were. Uh, well, my parents, I was super protected. You know, they never make me feel different, but they surround me with a lot of love, a lot of love. Uh, for some people, even with the American culture, exaggerating. Even in Ecuador, my own wife and wife. Uh, family they think is overwhelming love like too much hugging and kissing and yeah. uh, i love you and all of that Cutting for you. me it's not exaggeration for me is a demonstration of how they feel and how i feel and i'm exactly the same way with, my with your kids, family yeah they know they i kiss and hug everybody i kiss you and hug you every time i see you Cirolito. so mm-hmm. that's the way i developed to be um, but it was the, the love and support my sister like grew up like this. Uh, she's one year older. I love her today. It was my- protecting you, protecting you too at school, and yeah, I mean, she, we were in different schools because we grew up Catholic, so girls' schools and boys' schools. Okay. So yeah, we didn't go to the same school together, but yeah. What sports did you do when you were? A kid like soccer no i'm still very sporty but i always been sporty my dad was sporty and he you know incentivized me to uh, do a sports especially soccer in ecuador and the rest of the world other than america soccer is number one yeah. so I, I i play soccer all my life but at school in high school they asked you to take one sport so uh, the military i did equestrian uh, i did taekwondo tennis ping pong track, cross country, volleyball, mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah. Um, I did some karate, um, you know, swimming. I got medals swimming. 
Uh, and I was a good student too. I was a really good student. But soccer was my sport. So I played sport school, high school, college, and a club, club. And I still play pickup games here um, in Santa Rosa. Mm. That's my sport. So you were in Quito, like in the city or more in the countryside? Where were you? It was at a, a, a valley close, like uh, 45 minutes driving from the city, the capital. So it wasn't at the uh, capital itself, but it was at the province of okay. uh, Pichincha. So really close to the capital. So I grew up in a good school, like get access to good school education. Not always. My dad, because it was the military, I went to school in the rainforest in second grade. And really? I had to walk, uh, yeah. I had to walk like for two or three miles to school every day. And sometimes rainy, rainforest, right? So a lot of rain. And I had somebody walking with me to school. That was actually fun. Good memories about it. And but wow, because yeah. the distance, the communication, I don't have any friendships from from that season of my life. So tell me about your personality. What you told me, how you were and how you grew to be. But t tell me the the difference between you think the per the personality types that you were born with and the one that you built. I think for the same reason that I had to fight my respect and fight. I I learned to fight for everything. And I always wanted to be the best. So they don't see me different. They see me highly or better or equal. Hmm. So in sports, any sports, I was only one of the best. Yeah. I mean, I have medals of almost a lot of sports and trophies and stuff. I was very athletic. And so sports was there. I have a medal of the third best student in high school. I graduated early college because, like, you know. In Ecuador? Was, was it in Ecuador? In Ecuador, yeah. Did you learn English there? Yeah, the school that I went to, Spelman, Cardinal Spelman, that was um, one of the schools that provided English as a, as a, another subject. And so we learned the basics of it. I mean, I never practiced a lot, but I used mm -hmm. to go to bars to talk to American tourist people. Really? Yeah, girls especially. <laughs> but <laughs> of course, <laughs> I practiced my English a little that I spoke. And um, so you were not so shy. I was shy in the interior. I was insecure, totally yes. insecure. But I showed exactly the opposite. I showed that I was outgoing. And I have thousands of friends, people that I know, and very few friends. But um, yeah, I was popular. Um, mm -hmm. I was the president of my class in high school, mm -hmm. um, leader in a lot of things at um, the university and, you know, sports and captain of the team and so forth so i i was showing something different that i felt so i felt insecure i felt reduced um mm -hmm. inferior mm -hmm. and but i fought really hard to to take those feelings out of myself and mm. um and believe me it wasn't easy some some days were sad um but most a lot of things were sad, but my family was surrounding me with love, and then I developed good friendships and developed my confidence level. And it, you know, the girls start liking me, and yeah. I was like, hmm, I'm fine, I'm fine, nothing yeah. wrong with me. Yeah. So, where do you live now? I live in Santa Rosa, California. I moved here because my wife came as an exchange student before I met her. Uh, for high school she made mm. one year here and she went back to Ecuador then I went to college and I went with, uh, to college with her 
um, brother and, you know, doing homework at uh, his house. I met her and then we, we got together. So that was a uh, university. So you were like 25 or something. When I married her, it was 27. When I was um, first year of uh, college was uh, 17 because I was a good student and I made it to the first year rather than the prep. So I graduated five years after and then I did a master's degree in economics. Okay. And then you moved uh, in the U.S.? Moved here because of her, right? Because she had that connection of yeah. the... And then they basically created an opportunity for me at, at the local bank. And I have the qualifications, I would say, of getting a position like that. So I came to work for assistant vice president of a local bank. Right. And um, I was working there for a few years. And then the owner, one of the owners of the bank started another bank. He said, Julia, I want you to work with me. And I went to work for him for, you know, in banking, I've been in banking for 27 years what i left banking on you loved it it was great career when i was in ecuador i was at the top you know doing private banking and oh okay making good money i have assets i have traveled the world i, I was fine before i got married um it was great career i was building that career in banking but the banking industry went south in 99 And it started changing uh, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I looked for other options. I was mm -hmm. uh, the financial guy for an incubator of enterprises. This is something that probably is important for the, um, for the podcast. A lot of people that we met that had a dream and they want to start a business and have employees and, you know, just stop being you just like felt it. Yeah. And I was the finance guy for the incubator of enterprises. We copy a model from Colombia, which is a next door country to Ecuador, but they are so advanced. They are like 30 years in front of us in technology and, and capacity and, um, and capital and everything. So we copy a model and I was the finance guy and we had universities putting money, uh, technology-based companies, Unisys, Data, Oracle, and everybody put money and we copy the model. And we just giving business plans and support to dreamers, people that wanted to start a business. We were raising wow. capital. Yeah. So, so you saw a lot of guys with the fire coming, hey, I want to create this company. And then yeah. you would study it, whether they could give them a loan or not. But yeah. you were looking at all the different ideas. All these ideas, people that had really good ideas and people that had just a dream that already exists. And we had to crash their dream saying, you know, this already exists, maybe you tweak it you do something different mm. um, but it was technology based at the beginning it was not um all kind of business it was more well, because business. that was the capital that we got from our companies cool we can hear that you're pretty driven for success do you have a motto now i do before i didn't but i i exercise early in the morning so i pray every morning I wake up I pray I meditate and then I exercise and start my day and I have my motto is uh get up get it done repeat and I put it in Facebook you know I put up myself playing tennis or like today I play uh disc golf with my dad and two other friends and I just get out of your yeah. sofa <laughs> and you know exercise start your day with energy. you sleep in the sofa 
No, no. Some days, some nights. <laughs> when I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> get up, get it done, and repeat. That's my motto. And sometimes it's about that. It's just working really hard, but sometimes it's just do the right thing. You can't repeat the wrong thing every day, thinking, expecting different results. You have to do it the right thing consistently and mm -hmm. like i'm right now trying to lose some weight right with the pandemic and everything i lost my house in the fire last year it was mm -hmm. hard it was hard i had to pick up my family and rebuild um my family buy a house and yeah and it was it was hard it was hard work mm -hmm. so um yeah i gained some pounds and i i'm trying to drop them so i i'm counting weighting myself every day and reporting to our accountability group And I'm going down, he's going down. So it makes nice. exercise getting strong. Let's get into the, the, the main part of the podcast, mm -hmm. which is uh, the I really want to do it moment. Now, have you had one of this moment? Uh, it doesn't have to be the biggest one, uh, the latest one, or maybe it's the first one. But yeah. let's take it as an example. It doesn't have to be one in particular either. It could be throughout your life. Like, have yeah. you felt that little fire? Like, I, I want to do this. I really want to do this. Mm -hmm. I think many times. I don't, mm -hmm. I mean, if I count, I want to make the team, right? For the soccer team. Mm -hmm. I want to be the captain of the team. I want to make the championship game. I want to be the champion. I want to be the best student in high school. Um, I want to learn English. I want to learn a language. I want to Europe. And I want to have assets. I want to have financial stability. You name it. Probably mm -hmm. way too many to talk in a podcast. But if I want to talk about something tang I mean, tangible and real and actual current, I think um, coming to the United States and, and to, to be successful. I think. Tell me about this. This is so interesting. Yeah, why? Why? Um, why is it? Why? It's, it's one day I remember I was with my wife. Um, we were dating, not married yet or, or engaged, and we were in the grass, just looking at the sky and just talking about life and what you think and what you want. And we talk about the possibility. Said, "Would you live in a different country?" And I said, "That's my dream. I want to go to the United States. I want to study English." And I want to do a master's degree and maybe come back and work for a big corporation that pays a lot of money for bilingual people. Um, and, or the oil company, oil industry was my target because uh, yeah. they, they make a lot of money in Ecuador and uh, they distribute a lot of the profits to the employees. So it was a really good, if you landed one of those jobs, that's you, you were gold. Um, so we talk about it, the dream. And then when this guy that she came to the exchange program was in Ecuador for a couple of days, she, it is funny because she told me, you need to meet this guy. We were married already. We bought a house. Uh, and she, on a Thursday, she said, you have to meet this guy. Hmm. And I said, yeah, well, let's meet on Saturday. And she's like, no, no. he's going to be gone to Peru on Saturday. You have to meet him tomorrow on Friday. Hmm. And I said, um, you, I'm not sick. I'm not going to call to my job and say, I'm sick. I'm sorry. I'm not going to meet this guy this time. And she's like, oh, no, you need to meet this guy. And we went and met this guy. 
And I literally, those one of those decisions that changed your life mm. uh, forever. This guy was super nice. I didn't speak English. He didn't speak Spanish. Uh, his wife spoke some Spanish. My wife spoke some English. So we were able to communicate, drove around. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we went to different cities, Cayambe and Imbabura and province in, in close to the capital. And we talked. And at the end, she said, have you ever thought going to the United States? And I come back and look at my wife but to the eyes and like that was that's been my dream mm-hmm. and he said yeah yeah that's that's something that we would love to they say okay let, let me see what i can do six months went by nothing happened mm-hmm. i was like okay then at least we met him and why not yeah. and i got an email and he said you have a job interview in a bank at the bank in um santa rosa and you have to come to the United States for the interview. I didn't speak English. So <laughs> <laughs> banking industry, yeah, I knew my business, but it wasn't like, ah. So when you want something that is going to change your life or something that is very important to you, um, everybody has the same will to do it. Whether you do it or not, it's there. And I just took classes every day, every afternoon. I remember after work, every day, questions and answers in English for a job interview, uh, economy terms, banking, financing, you know, background, my experience. If they asked me something different outside of that, I was in trouble because mm-hmm. I practiced just that. And I knew what type of questions they were asked, will ask me. And so I have a general way to answer. But I didn't speak English. It was just prepared for an interview. Mm-hmm. But I did it really well. It was the president of the bank, the chief credit officer, and one of the owners of the bank, uh, stockholder and, and board director. And I was. Is there somebody nervous. who speaks Spanish too? Maybe. No. With some of that client? No. No. Oh, the idea was that um, they basically created the opportunity for me to serve the Hispanic community in Soma County. So that's why it was important that I'm bilingual, but also speak English and I have the banking background. So I came with an H-1B visa. And uh, oh, by the way, I came on a Wednesday. I rested on Thursday. I went to the interview on Friday. I rested Saturday and I was back in, in Ecuador on Sunday. Wow. Uh, and this guy that is my mentor, he paid for the tickets. He, wow. I was at his house. When I went to an interview, he handled me the, the key of a Lexus. Mm. <laughs> I didn't have a good car. Was it the host family for your wife? The host, yeah. Host oh, so nice. Us. You know, I was an exchange student in when I was 18 years old as well in Arkansas. And it's Arkansas. true. The, the host family are just, you know, taking you under the wings just like when you're a kid, you know? I would okay. love my kids to do something like that, that to yeah. go to Europe and learn two or three languages and study something there, travel abroad. I would love for them to do that. I yeah, tell totally. them all the time. Well, you know, do they know Ecuador? You go, you go sometimes with your kids? Yeah, uh, a lot of family, you know, Catholics. So we have like 54 cousins and, you know, big, big family. Um, they don't know everybody, but they, they know the, the core group. And um, we go, try to go every other year. We were trying to go on the 2020 and, for their first communion, but you know, COVID hit and 
that we couldn't go. So I, they haven't been there for a while, but they, they want to go. Yeah, let's go back to that idea that you had of the United States before coming here, because I think it's really interesting. I was the same, you know, in France. I think I've always looked at the U.S. like, well, this is, you know, Hollywood and, you know, you have the, the, the beach bike and the surfboard and the music is so cool. I don't know why I wanted to go to the U.S. What, what were your view of the U.S. back then? I think there was, uh, it was just meant to be. Um, I always wanted to come to the United States. I applied to several scholarships to go to a university here. I didn't have money. I, you know, I said that at the beginning of the interview. I had uh, I work and I paid my education and I was able to buy a couple assets, a couple cars, a piece of land before I got married. But I wasn't, I couldn't pay for a, a program to go to a good university here in the United States. I, uh, that was not a possibility unless it was through a scholarship. So I, I studied English after that. I applied several ones, um, several applications for scholarships. I, I didn't get any. And so my dream was little by little shrinking. Even though I was pursuing that like this, the possibilities were shrinking little by little. But Tell me how I, you felt when, when the, the, the moment you, you went into the plane and the moment you put your first foot in the US. So first of all, it was really sad uh, goodbye party because we are so close in my family and uh, yeah. Alex, we oh, just yeah. got married. So first year married, I think of second year married. And we had to say goodbye. Literally, they rented a place at the airport and we have 40 to 50 people saying goodbye to us. They knew, <laughs> they knew that most likely we were not going to come back. It wasn't a two-year two deal, um, which the visa is for three years. So if, basically, if the sponsor gives you the opportunity, you work, you learn English, make some money and come back to your country. Um, but, you know, I was, I got good connections and I was successful and they renewed my, my visa, I became a permanent resident. And I'm, I am a U.S. citizen now. Um, but I, yeah, the, the dream that what you're talking about, I was pursuing it, but the possibilities were shrinking. I actually asked the president of the bank, Banco Popular del Ecuador, I remember, and I said, hey, I, I really want to go, like other people at the bank have um, a sponsorship from the bank ec um, economically to go and study something and come back. And so I, I try that and they say, no, maybe work for a couple more years and we'll see. And so no money, no sponsor, it was shrinking. But when it's meant to be, it's just another opportunity arise. You don't see it, the, the past, like I didn't meet the guy that day. I didn't call sick and <laughs> I meet the guy. It wouldn't happen, I think. I mean, maybe there's another other signals or signs for me to take him. Um, mm -hmm. But it just, I, I think it was meant to be. And I'm happy because now I can give my kids a better opportunity to succeed in life. And not everything is money. Mm. It facilitates the process. But a lot of it is um, opportunities, opportunities, which I think there are better opportunities in this country than in, in Ecuador, for example, or mm -hmm. maybe other, other countries from people that come to the United States. So you had that, uh, that dream of 
coming to the U.S. When when you set foot there, you had your visa and you had a job, and you're with your wife. Uh, did you feel okay? I made it, or, did, or was it just the beginning? Like just the beginning. Beginning of what? Beginning of, of um, hard work, of life, independence, away mm -hmm. from that country that you know is troublesome. Um, it was hard on the family side. I'm still super close to my family. Uh, it was really hard for that reason. Somebody asked me like five years after I was here in the United States, is how, how did you know that you want to stay, that you want to establish yourself and live here? How, how long it took you to realize that was uh, uh, what you wanted to do? And they asked my wife and myself, my wife said, probably after a year and a half, a year, maybe a year and a half, I was like, yeah, maybe this is, we, we should stay. And they asked me, and I said, I knew in the first 10 minutes. Mm. As soon as I landed, I was like, this is it. Um, this is what I wanted to do. Mm. When I went back the first time after a year to Ecuador to visit my family, I broke my dad's heart, uh, telling him, I, got, I need to talk to you. Things are going well and happy, but I have to tell you. I'm not coming back. Mm. Uh, and he cried and everything. It was, uh, he's still my best friend. Uh, so it, it was hard um, from that perspective, but I was so excited about the opportunity. I didn't see the sadness of leaving the family. I was just, hey, so yeah. happy to yeah. make it. Yeah. Yeah. They felt a different way, right? So they felt the loss or detachment and so forth. Well, they want but you happy, so... In, you can rationalize the, the idea, but, you know, emotionally is super hard. Yeah. Emotionally super hard to this day. To this day, it's hard. You know, I have two great uh, grandmas, two grandmas, 95 and 98. Well, yeah. My great grandma passed when she was 108. What's the name of the grandma? Blanquita, Blanca, both. Blanca Silva, Blanca Silva, both are the same mm. first name. Uh -huh. And um, actually the other is Blanca Rodriguez. So both are Blanquitas, beautiful grandmas. So sweet. <laughs> I love it. Good for you, my man. All right. Yeah. So then you arrived and you said, okay, my dream is just beginning. What, what vision did you have? Like crazy. So I wanna, first of all, I want to make my career. So I made already my career in banking in Ecuador. I want to create that opportunity here. So I learned English, took classes, English as a second language, ESL, at the JC, taking lessons and improving. So you had the drive from the beginning because you told us the story about your lip and how whatever you wanted, you just take it. So is it kind of yeah. the same way? Driven, I think in the sense that um, when you, at least coming from a third world country, maybe from any country, if you come to the United States and you just do your job, that's not enough. You're going to make more money than in any country, sure. But if you just do that, there is no fulfillment. It's probably mm -hmm. the same life that you can have there. And that, then I have my family, my friends, my lifestyle. Why to leave that just to go for it, to work? somewhere from eight to five. Mm -hmm. um, so I always have the idea of independence, um, but I wanted to be successful first.
I guess I always say, you know, I'm, I'm French. I arrive in the United States and it's the romantic country. Oh, your accent is so romantic, you know. And what, what's it like arriving in, in the U.S. with a Latino accent? Well, I, you know, my skin color, you know, I'm kind of brown and everybody think I'm Mexican. And there is some, um, what would I say? Yeah, this combination of opportunities for Mexican. They think they are coming just to work on the fields and clean um, yeah. toilets and pick up mm -hmm. garbage and working hamburgers and stuff. And that's just wrong. I, I just, it's the same concept of looking at me different. You know, when yeah. I was like, you wanted to prove them wrong. Yes. What are you talking about? No. First of all, um, you don't know me. Yeah. You don't have a clue who you're talking to. So I, I felt bad for my accent. I felt bad for um, not knowing how to express myself and say things and maybe lost a couple of businesses in the bank because of that. But after a little while, I realized I'm going to a restaurant. They don't understand me. At some point, it clicked to me. I'm coming to this restaurant and spending money at this restaurant. You are serving me. Mm -hmm. It's not me trying to mm -hmm. comply with anything. I'm asking for something. Do you understand? Please go and find another server that can understand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend money here. It changed. It clicked. And it's, it wasn't pride. It was just... Self-esteem. Like yeah. yeah. At some point. But it, it, for a little while, it was, it was, I felt some discrimination affect me in, in some way but um after a while you know you just feel at home and just go at it how did your wife feel about it because you're being a a, a man or a woman is different well it's different and personality wise it's different because she's the you know she came from a family that had money mm. so she had five cars she traveled to the united states go to disney being in Europe, I mean, just name it. And um, she had everything. And mm. so for her, it was hard. She had to live all her lifestyle like that and start a new life with me. Mm. So I value that substantially um, from her. She left everything and mm. said, I'm going to trust that Julio is going to make it and uh, we're going to be together. And I value that from her. Did, so, when she moved, her, did, she, did she have a job too? She is it's interesting because this whole immigration is wrong. The immigration should, so let's say I had an H-1B visa and I'm able to work. Yeah. She has a companion visa and she is not able to work. She's a doctor at law. She was well-educated. She could have created um, um, income, pay taxes and everything, but yeah. she was not able to work until I have my permanent residency. And that's five years after the fact, maybe six years after the fact. Oh, yeah. So weird. She, she's, again, uh, an attorney. She's a doctor at law. She didn't study for the bar here. Uh, her father gave her the opportunity to study, but she said, you know, I just finished seven years of college. I don't want to do it anymore. She didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, but it was different for, for her than for me. For me, I'm coming from not money maybe not needs but just a lot of i'm hungry i want more i want to to grow and uh, for her it was probably more um okay i'll go with julio and i'll support him but if something happened i can go back 
and mm-hmm, be, mm-hmm. being a good situation at home. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was a different. Even coming from the same country, we come from a different background. Do you consider that you've made it, or have you reached your goal, or do you still want to? And if you want something, what is it? Yeah, I. So I'm gonna break it into. No, to answer your question, I don't think I have made it yet. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish financially, um, business-wise. I want to help and support my family in Ecuador. I want to help her. I actually have her and support my wife's family. And they are now here in the United States, all of them, uh, with jobs and everything. I, I, I think it's, it's time for me to help myself, mm-hmm. the family as well. So there are, there are a lot of things that I can do and I need to do that are not fulfilled yet. Um, now I have two kids and so I, I look for them as well and I see there is a lot more that I can I can do. I'm, I don't feel I don't feel like I'm done and I'm you know successful and making money and I have a house and that's it. I, I don't think that's the end of it. Uh, economically, right it's talking about making it in the United States. But the other way to answer is, this is a journey. It's not a, a goal that you wanted to get to a place and you get there and like, now what? Retire? Just mm-hmm. play golf? Um, it's, not, it's not what I ambition to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ambition to, to live a life every day that I feel I'm, I'm making it. And that, maybe that target moves every time, right? So, for example, we want to have kids. And I said, no, let's finish our college first okay we finished let's uh, get our masters okay we got the masters let's go to the united states we we got here um let's buy a house first we bought a house um let's buy some investments um then we said well i have some financial stability now let's have kids we couldn't have kids we we, we couldn't get pregnant mm-hmm. so it's now the way you plan uh only sometimes you have these curve balls in life and you have to adjust to it. So when you said, have you make it? I, I feel very accomplished and very blessed. I think that I have a good business going on. I think I have good reputation. People trust me and like me. Um, I think I have, a, my kids have a good life. I, I think it's, it's good, but it's not the end of it. And pursuing a specific goal, like for example, you crossing the... Yes, I was going to tell you. Tell me about something just for you. Because you're, you seem so much of an adult compared to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally because of where you come from. I have to say, you know, my parents, we had a really good, strong family as well. But I was probably in the case of your, your wife. Like, I had no trouble. We were middle class, but we were, you know, comfortable. And I always thought I could do anything I want. I can always come back. Mm-hmm. And my wings were just to enjoy life and pretty selfish pleasures. Like I want to do an adventure trip around the world. I want to, uh, you know, do this race in Hawaii. I want to do this race in Canada. It's all my, my, my own pleasures, really. And you're like such an adult, like on uh, my career, my buy a house and like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are your pleasures? Tell me there's something that drives you like a little bit selfish way, but this is, for me that's the problem i haven't thought that way before 
I, you know, through marriage is not easy and we have ups and downs and why not yeah. And yeah. counseling. And one time at counseling, the, um, the counselor said, um, what about you? What, what is your dream? What do you want it to do? Uh, how are you feeling? What do you want to achieve? And I, I realized that because I have somebody else to, to please or to convince, take, care of. Oh, oh, take yeah. care of my wife, my kids, my family, whatever, I just wanted to be successful in everything. I wasn't looking really at something that I really wanted to do. Yeah, and then you told me I want to do something for the, my family in Ecuador, by my. Okay, so so um, and I don't think I can answer that right now. I think that I'm still trying to discover what I wanted to do as the fulfillment. All right, I'm going to be 50 in two years, right? I'm going to be 48 in August. Say August 6th is com coming up, um, and I want to be in shape. I want to be uh, healthy. Yeah, uh, I want to be strong. Show my kids that it doesn't matter the age. You, you, you Again, you're talking about them. Do something for you. Again, it's hard <laughs> for me because I'm always thinking of somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I love This it. is something I didn't mention. When I was in high school, it was yeah. a Catholic school, and they send you to our. Uh, it, it call they call it retiro espiritual, but it's like a spiritual week, and you go with priests and have yeah. masses every morning and whatnot. They basically trying to see if you have what it takes to be a priest. So at the end of the week, I, I came back and I wrote my life plan. I said, I wanted to be either A, a priest, mm -hmm. and two, a businessman. You know, just go to business school and go on business. I came back out of that week saying, I decided that I'm going to be a priest. And mm -hmm. I went to my parents back to this from this week and i say i'm gonna be a priest my mom was crying she didn't want me to be a priest she thought so much potential whatever i don't know she want, didn't want me to uh, she didn't so uh -huh. me in that life my dad honestly didn't take me serious he said no you like me too young too much you're not gonna be a priest <laughs> <laughs> you fight too much <laughs> Yeah, I fight, you know, I, I used to drink, I used to drink heavily, um, I just quit it at 23, I stopped drinking when I was 23, and never again, and I'm here in the wine country, you see these grapes and stuff, and I, I'm always the DD designated driver, but it doesn't call my attention anymore, I think that's a great achievement, um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, I, I think It's hard for me to think of something for me, what I wanted to do uh, and be selfish about me. It's, it's, it's hard. One time I did it. I always wanted a motorcycle. I bought the motorcycle. I took my license. <gasps> I wanted let's to go, go around the world. It. You and I, yeah. let's go to Ecuador. We go through Ecuador on the bike. Let's so I bought that. the motorcycle and then <laughs> the fire happened. I rode one time on my motorcycle. And the fire happened to my car, my motorcycle, the house, and everything I had. And I had to start fresh. I haven't bought a motorcycle again. Well, I still buy need to buy one. a car for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but that's not probably something that I see. I want, need to buy a motorcycle and do this. I think I did it, and, and it wasn't it. I think I haven't discovered yet what it is um, that mm -hmm. I really want for me. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I think I need to think deeply. A little deep, deeper into it and, and figure out what, what I want at 50. Imagine that. 
I just went over to my own little goals and, yeah. you know, yeah. now You're I have so a driven. business and everything good, taking care of everybody, but I haven't thought about myself. Well, I'm having the opposite problem. I have to stop thinking about myself all the time <laughs> <laughs> and what I shouldn't do. <laughs> Should uh, I take the next challenge? Why not? I, I think it's different um, in my perspective just because I, I, you were you are an adventure, adventurous personality. You travel the world. You live in different countries. You speak different languages. You are a citizen of the world. Hmm. In my case, it was more nurturing, more center in the family, and it was so hard to leave the family uh, to go to a different country and 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 try to see for myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, so all my family is proud of me. Of uh, grandma always says, "Hey, you're." A good example to your cousins and stuff like that. Um, it, yeah, it, it I feel proud. like in their eyes, I'm successful and I, I made it. Uh, in their in their eyes, probably they, if they see me happy, I think it, it, it works. But I, I personally, I don't think I have reached my limits, and I think there is a lot more to discover about what I really wanted to do. And yeah. I don't see it yet. For sure. Now, uh, three questions before before we let you go. Number yeah. one, uh, if you had one thing, one takeaway, then advice uh, you would give to somebody who wants to, to 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 make something happen, like one thing you want them to remember about that that chat, what would what would be your advice? Well, just go back to my mojo and say, get up, get it done, and repeat. If you really want something, really, really want something, it takes work, it takes sacrifice, it takes mm. effort. Mm. You have to get out of your comfort zone. It, it doesn't work sitting in a soft hour going eight to five to a, a job. Uh, you have to get out of that comfort zone. And so, you know, it's just, if you really want to pursue it, you have mm. to show it and you have to take baby steps daily. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. You may get lucky. Great. Like I met this guy and uh, in Ecuador and that was the connection. But yes. if I didn't have the education, I didn't have the master's, I didn't have uh, study English, I couldn't get that interview, pass the interview and get the job. So you have to put, so you sometimes you have opportunities in life and some people believe in, in spirituality or the universe. I mm. am a believer of God. Mm. And God put me on that situation and told me, hey, here it is. It's for you. You want to take it? You have mm. to do something. You have to act. Yeah. So I just go back to my, you know, get up every morning. Why are you doing this? Why are you waking up every morning to do what? And if that why is so important to you, like it could be your family, it could be yourself. Um, your achievements, basically, mm -hmm. you're saying, okay, what is next for me? Um, or mm -hmm. in this, in my case, a lot of it's everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, that's my why, my motivation. And it has to be so strong that I get up every morning, I do it, and I do it better every single time. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's hard for me to tell you a specific um, goal that I had and I achieved. I have achieved a few but I, there's a lot more that I need to discover about myself. And it's, it's, that's what I think is more a journey of happiness yeah. rather than getting a place and be happy. Mm, I agree. 
Question number two, the reveal of the song. Now, I asked you to listen to a song before we come on that uh, chat. Yeah. Secretly, I hope it's a Latino song. <laughs> 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 But you'll have to tell me what song it is. <laughs> So um, this actually is funny because that's my favorite song and it's not in Spanish. Uh -huh. I don't even think I know all the lyrics, <laughs> but it pumped me so much. Even <laughs> my kids it? know that's my favorite song. They sing with me and it's James Brown, I Feel Good. And it's, that's my song. And um, it just pumped me up. That yeah. one and the second best song is... Um, Um, I have a tiger. I oh. used to do bench <laughs> press with this song. Uh, so hard to remember so good things. But oh. yeah, I feel good. Let, let me show you this. Uh, for those who don't don't know, we're doing a Zoom Zoom call. So the tigre, I of the tiger. So I'm showing him this. Uh, I'm in Mexico right now, and yeah, we got an artisanal mezcal, mezcal. So and it's called Ojo de Tigre, the eye of the tiger. Eye of the tiger. Oh my God, this song fires you up, huh? Yeah, yeah, it fires me up. It fires me up. I have it on my safe list, and I don't have many songs. Like everybody has a lot of songs in their playlist. I have a few. Okay, that's number one. Please do me this pleasure. Give me a Latino song, please. A Latino song that uh, that you love that important to me. Yeah, I mean that's hard. I mean, it's come so on, that. okay. Just to for all the listeners, you know, we're friends, and Julio and I. I've been to your place, and you started to sing. Oh like, yeah, I used but, to sing. Okay, so you have to sing a little bit. So there is a song that my mom sings beautifully. She has an amazing voice. And the kids, we help her. And now she has a CD. That is, uh, and she, she has a CD. She can really? sell the CD. She has a CD. Three of the songs on the CD are sung together with, with the kids. So my sister and my mom, my other sister and my mom, and my mom and myself. And I recorded here in the United States my part of the song. It's a recording in Ecuador, and they put it together, and it's on the CD. I'll give you a copy the next time I see you. I still have some of those copies. It's beautiful. So um, that yeah. that song um, probably is, is the one that I, I, I will think of. Um, Can you sing uh, Contigo a la distancia. Contigo a la distancia. And it probably talks about me being detached from um, the family and what it was so important so, for me. Where's you, with you... Um, where's the distance or even though you're far I guess uh, contigo with you uh, yeah from far or at the distance yeah Yeah. so are you gonna sing for us <laughs> <laughs> I can always cut it if it's bad <laughs> no I, I, I probably Amor, uh, corazón. the lyrics of it <laughs> Uh, if you give me a minute, probably I'll, I'll think of how it, the song starts. Yeah. Um, I put you on the spot. Huh? Corazón. No, I can't remember how it, it goes, uh, the first part. Um, Call your but mom. I, they just, oh, my mom is here. She will remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but just a little part. Okay. Contigo a la distancia. Amada mía, 
Estoy. <laughs> That's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Love. Just> okay. <laughs> okay, next time I can't sleep, I'll call you so you can sing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will sing you so you can call me. I will remember the entire song next time I see you or you. I have oh, yeah, we'll house. have to have your mom too. Yeah, yeah, we're happy to. Okay, last happy thing. To. Where can people uh, follow you, Julito? Do you have a website? Do you have a, a blog? Do you have what? Yeah, so I mentioned I was in banking for many years. I decided to um, leave banking and start my real estate career. Mm. Um, so I have uh, around 12 years in real estate. Mm. Uh, and I have a corporation, a young employee of my own corporation, and I, uh, it's doing really well. I mm. represent a, a lot of people in the Hispanic community. Around 60% of my client base is uh, bilingual. And um, I have a really good business going on, a good reputation. People respect me and want to do business with us. And so, yeah, I have a business it's called uh, Cassidy's Real Estate Group. And it's part of uh, Lux Place International Realty. And in San, based in San Rosa, I'm the sales manager. I'm happy to help anybody that needs a house. Still, next time you buy something, you have to come to me and say, hey, Julito, I'm ready. Oh, um, if I buy something, you'll be in Ecuador. Can you help me? No, if you buy something and you don't call me to represent <laughs> you, I'll be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have a website. It's caceresre.com. So my last name, www.caceres, yeah. R-E for real estate, re.com. You can follow me there. Sounds good, my man. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Great to hear about your story. And it's not done. You, you still have 50 years to go. I have, if I leave 108, I still have a lot more than that. Yeah, so, let's um, buy a motorcycle and, and go around the world, you and I. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. But uh, there is, I always think in, in everybody else, so I have to start thinking about okay, what Okay, so how about we do this? You put your kids through college, and once they're out working on their own, we have to do at least one month in the country of your choice on a motorcycle. Done. Okay, love it. We'll do it. <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> Thank you, my man. Big hug to you. Thank you. Bless you, brother. Good to see you. Enjoy Mexico. I'll, oh, yes. I'll, I miss you. Come over. I'll have you over in my house. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Julio. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm your host, Cyril. And remember, life is an adventure. Live it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Very hermano, good, brother. Nos vemos dentro de poco. Muchas gracias, hermano. Un abrazo. Gracias a ti. Hasta luego. Cuídate. Abrazo. Chao, chao. Chao.